0: For GateWorld.net, I'm David Reed, and I'm here with Mr. Alan McCullough. Hello. For Stargate Atlantis. Yes. Yes. Thank yeah. you for letting us in, sir. Thank you. Thank you uh, for coming. We we're just a few weeks uh, starting into production of season five. Any early thoughts? Uh, it's great. You know, it's it's uh, we've got a whole new batch of stories. Um, it always amazes me that we can you know, come up with new material um, after so many seasons of Stargate you one and then Stargate Atlantis. But uh, there's some really exciting stories coming up. You know, we had a really strong season with Season 4. Say Season 4 was my first season, so I was thinking, oh, maybe sophomore slump, you know, and maybe, and it was also Joe and Paul's first season as showrunners. So I had some concerns at the beginning that we were going to kind of get into a little sophomore slump. But, you know, th- there's been some, the cuts we've seen so far are fantastic. Uh, the scripts the two two parter the first part of the two parter that uh Martin just wrote like this week is amazing it 's going to be an incredible teaser for the for the for the second part mm-hmm. and uh you know and there 's some great stories in between as well brabbing um, up some storylines and opening up new ones that kind of thing so what do you think fans are going to most be excited about this year what are you most mm-hmm. excited about boy that 's yeah that 's tough let me think here um there's a lot, you know. We've, we've I think, I always love the Wraith stories. You know, I think, I think that we, we started to explore a little more of the character of uh, Todd in season four, and and I think that opens up a lot of possibilities with the Wraith. And I think now that the Wraith have been beaten back a bit by the replicator war in season four, I, I think that, uh, you know, I, I think there's just some. It opens up some new possibilities for. For interactions with the wraith that maybe we couldn't do in the past because everything was always just so immediately, you know, uh, aggressive or, or uh, antagonistic. Whereas now we're we're starting to maybe cooperate with the wraith, try some things out. Uh, th- th- that's that's cool. Uh, there's some cool uh, cool <coughs> stories coming up in that respect. The uh, the season opener is great. I think you know again Martin pull, pulling off uh, you know. Or, coming off what Paul had set up in last uh, in last man and what had been set up at the end of kindred 2 um is missing and all that so you know all, all that gets wrapped up and that's a very there's some really heartwarming moments in that um let's see then what else do we have we have uh some a couple of one-offs one of which was I wrote the Daedalus variations which is just a it's a it's a great team show uh and it's like a it's a real visual effects spectacular too. I mean, we haven't seen any of those yet, but it's going to be uh, an amazing visual effects show that I think is, is very exciting. Um, What's the idea of that story? The idea of that story is we the Daedalus just shows up in orbit uh, unexpectedly, and it doesn't make sense because it was you know we we, we know for a fact it's should be back on Earth and when we try to radio we receive no response and when we scan it we learn there's there's no life signs on board so we go head up to investigate and very quickly find ourselves in trouble because uh, a huge flash comes out of There's a, there's a strange en- energy reading coming from somewhere in the ship we can't figure it out it's it's we don't know where it's coming from suddenly it uh, spikes uh, A flash consumes the ship and when we uh, a moment later when when it dissipates we learn that we're Atlantis is gone and we have shifted realities so we are on a ship we're essentially on a on a flying Dutchman you know a ship that just the the, this drive is, is, is caught on autopilot and it just every time it charges it bursts and we jump reality after reality after reality after reality so the, 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 they get trapped on a ship that was just no way home essentially and uh, and have to figure it out um, and then it's a neat opportunity it was a neat opportunity to see a bunch of different alternate realities. Yeah, can tell some stories. Yeah, because we don't have to build a new set every time. We're still in the Daedalus, but you know, you you get to see kind of through the visual effects, you know, what's going, what what might have happened in this reality, or what might have happened in this reality. So, do things change aboard the Detalus as, as well, or is it well, not just outside of the Daedalus for the most part. Although there is there is one um, important interaction that takes place on the Daedalus, um, You know, when when we when we get uh, when we uh, jump to another reality. We are we get boarded, so oh, uh, okay. I won't say more than that but uh, but there is you know we, we do uh we do end up having to sort of win back <laughs> our our deedalus from uh, from an alien um an alien species is this just a wild romp, or is it's pretty much impact not really it's pretty much just a wild romp we um yeah, it's pretty much just a one off adventure story that you know gets the team into trouble and gets them out at the end but um but yeah it's a lot of fun it 's it's a, it's a fun script And Mitch Peggi is in some of those realities no actually because it is uh, well yeah the, the the crew of the Daedalus is completely missing and in fact it came it 's an alternate reality Daedalus so it came from you know dozens of realities it's ago so so the captain it 's not even the ca- we, we see we see video of, uh, of the captain uh, you know and uh, the, the former the former colonel uh, who was in charge of the Daedalus, and it, it's not it 's not Mitch so mm-hmm. That's a good right. excuse. <laughs> hey, I mean, we he, hey, we love to use Mitch whenever we can, right. but I mean, when you're just gonna when you're gonna shoot a, shoot just a lock off of of a of a final log entry, it's you know, it's not yeah. we, we're wasting his talents on on yeah. something like that. Right. But, um, uh, the Wraith stories and Taylor's story in particular are, are growing this year. What what um, what directions are you most excited about for these characters? Well, uh, let's see. For the Wraith and Taylor, f- falling on some some. Some of the stuff we called from michael 's research we, we, we sort of make a proposition to Todd later in um, later in the year and and in the, the episode i 'm just actually finishing writing right now it 's called the queen um, we we set up the episode as we go to Todd with uh, a gene therapy that we 've managed to develop using michael 's research, which we believe will um, make the uh, race able to process food and thus not have to feed on humans anymore. Like Michael did. Like Michael did, exactly, exactly. So, you know, so this is something that obviously would be very valuable to us and we're trying to pitch the, trying to pitch Todd on, on it uh, to help us develop it further and test it and stuff like that. Of course, Todd, who's always got his own agenda, asks us to do something in return, um, which you know, is is that what then the episode becomes about? Um, it, it it becomes a very tale tale focused story. Um, essentially, what what uh, Todd requires is uh, he's joined an alliance of other hives, but the only way you can uh, be in the the like he's had to fake his way in and lie and say that he had a queen on board. Oh um, <laughs> no. I don't want to say more. I, I, perhaps I've already said too much, but uh, but you know, it's, uh, it, it's it 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 goes in, in an interesting direction uh, after that. So what a twist! Yeah, that's awesome. It was a, yeah, it was a nice. It was actually the story came from. It's sort of a combination of a story that I pitched the, and a story that Alex Levine, our our uh, story coordinator, pitched last year. He pitched an, a story where Taylor where well, there was a Wraith Summit, and we tried to infiltrate it. And we were trying to infiltrate a Wraith Summit, and we needed a way to go in undercover. And, uh, and so we, using that pitch, as well as some story elements that I pitched this year, we, we, built, we built this story. Um, which already is already a little bit Wraith. So. Exactly. You know, it helps that she has some Wraith DNA already. Um, so, yeah, I mean, as far as major arcs of the season go... You know, the, we're always developing the characters in some ways, but we, you know, we there there isn't like a major season-long arc this year the way there was last year with Taylor and the missing Athosians and, and her pregnancy and you know and, and then going missing at the end of the year. Um, but you know, but but we are sort of in in subtle ways. There are changes happening in the galaxy. You know, there's there's. It's it's the aftermath of the Wraith replicator war. The Wraith have been beaten back, and uh, you know some of the societies in the galaxy are you know getting a little stronger, rising up, getting a little more confidence. They're seeing an opportunity that that they didn't see when the Wraith were ever present. Um, and uh, you know there's this sort of subtle subtle arc you know uh, things happening in the in this in season five. And who knows, maybe we'll come up with something in in the back half of season five that tears it wide open. I mean sometimes you never know when that happens. Someone will come in and pitch an idea and it'll all of a sudden spin out, you know spin things off in a completely different direction. So Which of your stories from last year are you most proud of? Which do you think didn't work out as well as you wanted? Well, um let's see. I, I mean to be honest I had a Pretty good year last year. I mean, I think the stories that I wrote actually, the the, the effect on the screen, like the the way they turned out, was, was great. I was particularly proud of Tabitha Rasa just because it was so. I can't take credit for the way it was shot. I mean, you know, it was a, like a, it was a difficult script to write to write the two different timelines progressing at the same time and making sure that you weren't creating an illogical, um, chronological problem. Uh, but then, when it went into production, uh, Martin Wood came up with the idea to uh, to to shoot them and to have the different looks one for the past and one for the present and I just think i mean I love the way that turned out. I think it looked amazing it 's something we don 't get to do that often and uh, boy, I think that was a that was a very successful episode plus it 's just classic sci fi you know it 's just like you know the, the tease where McKay has lost his memory and he 's tied to the chair and the, you know and there 's a cryptic message from Taylor who we you know he 's supposed to recognize but doesn 't and i mean it's it 's just a classic conundrum that I, I just I love the way that that played out in the episode and to the chance to see our characters our lead char- some of our lead characters not not in leading roles at least at first you know we, we, we go into the cafeteria where they 're keeping everybody. And you know Carter is there, but she's in the distant Carter. background. Yeah, and 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 people are stepping forward and saying, "Well, no, I think we should do this," and no one knows who's who you're supposed to be listening to. I mean, I I I just love that that anarchy, you know, that sort of uh, uh, we we tried to play with a little bit. Um, so I was pr- I was proud of that one, but I mean, that's not to say the others. I really liked how Spoils of War turned out. We knew we were bringing Beckett back at the end of the year, and we. Knew we were going to do it by cloning him, or, or having you know that, that that he was a clone, but we'd never said in any way that the Wraith had any kind of cloning technology. So it made sense to us that we had to somehow seed the existence of cloning technology among the Wraith far in advance of Beckett's return. Um, so, so I, I came up with a story where, where a we accomplished that we, we we put the you know the we seeded the fact that they have cloning technology, but also um, it was cool. I thought a way that they managed to beat, defeat the ancients uh, ten thousand years ago. I personally love bringing bringing in storylines that kind of illuminate aspects of the past that maybe it's we out. haven't. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it rewards loyalty for the for the fans, and and I, I just love to play with play with things. And you know, maybe we don't. Maybe it's not all about the past, but at least you're talking a little bit about how a certain character ended up this way, or how. A certain society developed, and and or how the ancients developed certain technologies, or something like that. So I, I love doing that story. Well, one of the things that I was really interested in about uh, *Spoils of War* in particular was you—you you guys enjoyed using the same actors for the for the different wraith parts, now And this gives an explanation as to why. Right? Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I mean, that that, that obviously did, that decision was made far in advance of you know introducing cloning technology. But it's nice how it all works. That now, oh, I see. Okay, yeah, they're, 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 they may have only five or twenty-five different wraith templates, and they reuse them kind of thing. Right. So exactly. yeah, yeah. Um, are you looking? For, are you enjoying writing for uh, Robert Picardo this year? Yeah, actually, unfortunately, I have not uh, had a chance. The only I got to write him a, a little bit last year in the Seer, but. Um, which incidentally was a, a, another good episode. Although I can't take I can't take credit for that one. Uh, that one was uh, the story changed so much by the time by the time that went into production um, that that Paul had to do a, a, a very substantial rerun on that one. So anyway, I do like the episode, but I I can't take credit can't take full credit. Uh, I haven't got the chance this year to write for Wolsey because or for Robert Picardo because. Um, He hasn't been in any of my episodes. We, you know, we have him for 14 episodes this year. We have to use him judiciously and You know on on an episode where the team is trapped on a ship jumping through alternate realities You know, there's no good reason to cut back to Atlanta exactly so so we have to use, you know uh, His talents again judiciously just like we do with with uh, Mitch With Caldwell and in the it's, it's funny in the Queen the one I'm writing right now he wasn't in it in the first draft and we're talking about possibly using him for a scene in the in the second draft but again it's just a scene and we're kind of hoping maybe we can figure out a way to do it in a believable fashion where we can be on the base but not have Woolsey sitting in on the discussion somehow so it's it's all it's a bit of a challenge somehow sometimes to uh, to keep him you know, keep him out of a story. But I would love to write a big, Wolsey story. I mean, you know, Joe's working on one for the back half. No details on that yet, but it's uh, just something he's working on, um, which will feature him heavily, and, and that'll be great, because he is such a great actor. He's really, really a great actor. Uh, and he's brought such comic, you know, genius moments to a lot of, uh, a lot of scripts, like The Seer, and I know Carl's uh, working on a story this year called Ghost in the Machine, and there's just some great little comic bits for Woolsey, uh, you know, and, and actually in Broken Ties too, and uh, and Joe's um, Joe's script Broken Ties it has some great comic moments for Woolsey as well. So okay. it was, we were sad to lose Amanda, obviously, um, but you know if you had to, boy, if you had to find a replacement, there's no one better than uh, than Robert Picardo. And how telling that was in the last episode. I mean, that wasn't even planned yet, and here he is. You know, here's a, a <laughs> of- Oh, I know. Yeah, exactly. It's amazing how these things work out. You know, it's just uh, the, some of the things we we get a lot of credit for, like having set things up years in advance, and uh, oftentimes it's just like we back sell. We you know we, we do we we do make it. Correspond or concord with the past, but it's more a matter of like, oh man, how are we gonna? How can we manipulate this so it looks like we set it up three years ago? But uh, so often it just falls into place. Exactly, exactly. The, the Hoffman drug in in the Kindred is a great example of that. Do you guys go back into past years like? Three, four, five, five or more years into the mythology and look for pieces that you can use in that way Or is it just kind of a happy coincidence that it worked for the story? No, it's I mean, we definitely do that we you know we uh, we We mine the past for stories. I mean I that we, there's another Hoffen story coming up. I'm going to be working on it next um, but uh, you know we definitely mine the past for stories and you know it's uh it's a great place to get stories because so many there's so much information that comes out in an episode that most of the time, there are things left unanswered. You know, like well, what would happen if the Hoffman drug was spread on a wide scale? You know, and what would ha- it, it, who would who would benefit from that? And uh, I'm not exactly sure who. I think it was Joe originally pitched out that it could be the Hoffman drug, but we. I think when we originally designed the story, we would say, "Well, there's a plague afflicting the galaxy," and then we sort of think about it a little more and talk about it a little more. And the plague, somebody su- suggests, "Well, maybe it's not a plague. Maybe it's the Hoffen drug. You know, the Hoffen drug being gone out of control." Yeah, exactly, exactly. So we, so it's good, to, you know, it's good to have the, a, a seasoned team of people to be working with who do have. And encyclopedic memories, all of these guys have encyclopedic memories and can just draw things from the past and characters and well what about what if we Janice what about Janice's lab, and what about the Hoffman drug and you know all these characters so is that an extra challenge for you as a writer who's who's just in your second year well, I mean I did yes, I mean it's always a challenge, to but to you, keep up with stuff, but 11, I mean I did. I mean, I wrote on SG-1, obviously, for season nine and ten, and and uh, watched every single episode. You know, I, when I first started on the show, I, I hadn't watched that many episodes. Um, although to write Prototype, they sent me I got a FedEx in the mail, or a FedEx uh, with twenty episodes in it, and they were all saying just watch these so you can so you can uh, you know get the background for Prototype. And I was like, oh you know, oh my God. Uh, anyway, uh, and then once I was hired on as a staff writer, I, I worked my way through uh, SG1, and then subsequently worked my way through Atlantis as well. But uh, so you I, you know you do you do lose little things, you lose little details, but but the ba- the main the, the bulk of the stuff is all in there somewhere. What but. character moments sir, or moments between characters would you like to write this year? What's spinning in the back of your noggin? Well, first of all, I want I, I I'm happy to be writing a Taylor Taylor story because I do, you know, I like the fact that we've particularly in season four, and to, to some degree in season five, we, we started to open her up as a character and, you know, focus on her a little more. Um, and so I, I do like writing Taylor of stories. Uh, I'm looking forward to writing the next story I'm working on uh, after this because it involves Beckett, who is a favorite of mine as well. Um, and, uh, boy, let's see, character interactions between each other. Um, boy, I don't even know if we've... If we've planned that far ahead or you know it the, the, there is a nice thing going on which i haven't had really had to deal with or had a chance to write for yet which is we're setting up a bit of a love triangle I, there's the possibility of a love triangle I, last year we saw um you know uh, dr keller get in an a near kiss with Ronan, and then and then towards the end of the season we, in trio and f- Following up in Last Man, we saw a version of an alternate future where she and McKay get together. So, of course, you know, we thought it would be fun to just play that. Experiment on that. Yeah, let's see, let's see where that takes us. Let's see, you know, let's put those three characters in in a situation, or you know, in a, or on, in an ongoing situation, and throughout several episodes, and see where it takes us. To be honest, we don't know what how we're going to resolve it yet. Uh, we just we're playing around at the moment. Uh, Carl's written a great episode. Um, this year, uh, which sort of delves into that relationship in a little more detail, or that triangle. Um, and then, and then I don't know, we'll see. <laughs> I don't know what we're going to do with it, to be honest. We haven't decided. Okay. But, uh, yeah. Wormhole disengaged.